Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see change lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, hey everyone, Pastor Mark here at the Valley Church. Man, it's good to have you with us here today. Uh, this is week four of our series, Winning the Battle of the Mind. Now, before I get into that, the video you just saw is for our next series that's starting next week. So the first week in September, September 6th, it's starting. And that series is going to be called Shaken to the Core. And this is a series that we are going to lean into who we are as the Valley Church, some of our values, our mission, our vision. And so if you're new to the Valley Church or just uh, want to learn more about who we are, we're going to take a different aspect of who we are. When you take everything away and you shake us to the core, this is who we are. And then not just who we are, but then how does this make a difference in your life too? We don't just stop with information. We believe that information has to lead to application, which leads to transformation. So uh, invite someone to join us next week as we look at the topic of relevant truth. I'm going to be talking about how does our value of relevant truth make a difference in our lives and how, do we, how, when, how is that at the core of who we are make a difference in us as a church too? Well, like I said, it is the last week of this series um, on uh, winning the mind war. It's been a great series. So many of you have talked to me about how God's really been uh, changing things in your mind as you've released things over to him. So if you missed any previous weeks, I'd encourage you to check us out on Facebook or on YouTube for those sermons. Well, one of the most common questions that is asked of anyone, whether you're a believer or not, whether you're an atheist or you're a follower of Jesus, is what is my purpose in life? What is my purpose in life? In the church world, we reframe it a little bit and we say, what is God's will for my life? God's purpose, his will, it's all the same. We're all trying to figure out what does God want me to do? I get this one life. You and I have one thing in common, no matter where you are today, we we get one life. And we want to make the most of it. We don't want to mess it up, do we? We don't want to, we, we want to choose right. We want to, we want to discover God's purpose for our relationships and for our marriage and, and for our jobs and for our children and for our hobbies and for uh, our retirement and for college and for all, everything, right? When we make all these decisions in life, we want to know, is this what God wants? Or if maybe if God's not in your equation yet, you at least want to have a life that's bigger than yourself. You want there to be some meaning and some purpose to your life that you can wake up every morning and feel like you're making some contribution to society. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. That's the question. And we struggle with this, don't we? We struggle to make sure we're getting it right. Or Sometimes we, we, we wonder, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And then we get this inkling, there, is there more? Could there be more to my life? Could there be more to my purpose? Could there be more to what God has in store for me that I'm missing out on? So today, that's where we're going to dig in. I do want to make a proposal to you today. So often we, we search so much and we say, well, I got to just figure out what God's will is for my life. If only I knew what God's will is for my life, then everything would start coming together. And here's my proposal for you today. I think we need to reframe that a little bit. What if it's not about discovering what God's will is, but could it be that God has already revealed to us what his will is for us? Not about us going into discovering what it is, but could it be, and just hang with me, could it be that he's already revealed that to us, we just have to learn what it is. 
And so maybe that caught your attention. I hope it did. It definitely did for me. As we lean in today, in this last week of the series, of how can God shape my mind and reshape my mind and transform my mind so that I can discover what he really wants for me. Well, we're going to go right in to the text today. And that text is going to be in Romans chapter 12. And we're going to start in verse 1. And I'm going to read it to you now. You'll see it on your screens. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, in the Old Testament, they gave sacrifices. They would take an animal from the herd, and they would sacrifice that to the Lord. And the thing about that sacrifice was that it was a complete sacrifice. It was an obedient. The whole animal was used in that sacrifice. It was a massive step of obedience. It was voluntary. It was something that a person didn't have to do, but they chose voluntarily to give God the entire animal, to give him the whole thing, to give him this whole sacrifice. And and it was set apart. It was set apart just for God. And we use that term holy when we talk about being set apart. And as a result of them giving the whole animal to God in a voluntary and a set apart manner, the scripture then tells us that it was a sweet aroma. Some translations say that it was a holy and pleasing aroma aroma to God. In other words, very simply said, this sacrifice pleased him. This sacrifice aligned with what God's will was for his people. It's what he wanted. See, the, the, the fact that sacrifice pleases God has not changed. Our sacrifice to God, Old Testament or New Testament, now he's telling us to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. The offering of our whole self whether Old Testament animal or New Testament us to God is pleasing to him. That has not changed in the course of history. Now, the only difference is this. The difference is that we used to make a sacrifice. They used to make a sacrifice. And the fundamental thing that he tells us now is we are to be a sacrifice. Make a sacrifice versus being. In other words, we are to give all of ourselves to him. So how does that happen in our lives? How do we get from this big idea of a big purpose and a big meaning and God's will for my life? How then do we take this concept of being a living sacrifice? That's what he's telling us here, being a living sacrifice. We have a couple steps today. The first one is this. God's will is your total consecration. Okay. Now, consecration is probably not a word that you and I use on a daily basis. It's a Bible word, but it's a Bible word that translates very simply into commitment. Okay? Commitment, total commitment, total surrender, or again, that set-partedness being set apart, which is about holiness. And so for you and I, and this is using the text here, he's saying, if you and I want to discover God's will, we need to consecrate ourselves to him. We need to set ourselves apart. We need, he needs our total commitment. He needs us to be all in. See, consecration is not, it's not coming to church. It's not saying the sinner's prayer. It's not giving. It's not serving. It's not even being in a group life. And those things are all great. Don't get me wrong. But that's not what consecration means. It's total set apart. So what does God want? The answer actually is very simple. It's a simple answer to this question, but an incredibly difficult thing to do. What does God want from us? He wants our whole life. He wants every single 
part of our lives. I remember when I was in high school, I was, uh, had some athletic opportunities when it came to college in football and in baseball. And uh, I had been traveling to different schools, going on official visits. Uh, some schools that are you know, well-known names, I would get letters from those coaches and from those institutions. And we went one day, and, and around Thanksgiving, my mom said, why don't we go and visit Mount Vernon Nazarene University? Now, many of you probably have never heard of that institution. It's not your Big Ten schools or your ACC or some of the other you know, uh, schools that I had had communication with. And so, long story short, we went to visit. Uh, my uncle and aunt, were prof- our professors there were then too, and they had some students over, and, and they were just talking about the school, and just kind of, we just hung out, you know? And that night I went to bed, and I, I just couldn't get to sleep. I was so excited, I, and I knew in that moment, and God doesn't speak to me in an audible voice, you know, anything like that, but I knew that I knew that I knew but that's where he wanted me to go. And I wrestled with that because that, w- that decision was not going to get me on the front page. That was not going to be top of the fold. This is not a Big Ten. This is not an ACC. This is not a Division I school. And so I wrestled with, was I going to be obedient? Was I going to start to give at the age of 18? Was I going to give God and trust him with my future? Or was I going to say, well, I know better. Now, the reality is, I, it took me a while. I'm not going to say that night I, I, I said yes. No, I wrestled for months. I, I didn't give up on that other dream. God had to replace his dream with what my dreams were. But the decision for me to eventually attend that university, I still reap the trickle-down benefits of that now, that step of obedience. Not a, the most foundational thing was, I grew so much spiritually in, in those years that I was there. I developed... I, I, friendships of people that last that continue to this day. Uh, and it solidified, actually then led to me where I moved and got a teaching job and eventually then met my wife. I mean, just all those things by one act of obedience in a process of where God started to say, you need to consecrate your life to me. I need you all. I need you totally. I need you totally committed, totally surrendered to me. See, the reality is that God doesn't want 10% of us. He doesn't demand 50% or even 99%. He wants 100% of us. Anything less of us giving to him is us holding back. And we can't treat our lives, so many times I think we treat our lives like a spiritual piece of pie, okay? And I have a pie here for us. It's a little one. I could probably eat this in one bite, which I won't do. That would be Gluttony, I suppose. But we, we think of it as just one piece. I'm just going to give God this one piece. Okay, here, God, and, but I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep the money side. I'm going to keep my uh, job. I'm going to keep my, my dreams. And my, here's my ambitions. And, and here's sports, right? And, and we, we just give God a slice. And God says, uh-uh. I, I, didn't, I said a living sacrifice. And they would have totally known what that meant because, like I said early on in the Old Testament, you sacrificed the entire animal. The entire animal was given over to God, not a piece, not a part, the entire thing. And so God says, no, this isn't how it works. If you want to discover your purpose in life, if you want to really truly discover and know what God's will is, I'm telling you right now, the beginning of God's will is that he gets the whole pie and that you and I don't hold anything back. 
Where have you pushed God out of first place in your life? Because if he doesn't have the pie, he doesn't, he's not totally first place. He's just one of many places. Have you pushed him out of first place in your finances? Have you pushed him out of first place? Has sports become first place? Has school become first place? Has, has uh, you know, your future become first place, what you want? What has become first place? Because if anything else, listen carefully, lean in on this one. If anything else is first place in your life, except God, you're never going to know his will. You're already, honestly, this is frank, you're outside of his will. Because he doesn't have all of you. He asked for a living sacrifice complete. The second thing is this. Once we realize that we can't serve Jesus and be in control of our life at the same time, The second part of his his will is that we passionately pursue transformation, that we passionately pursue. And that builds on what he just said in Romans 12, 2 now. He says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, to know what God wants in any given situation, you need to start thinking differently. I need to start thinking differently. Once I've already decided that God's going to get all of me, he gets the whole pie, then I allow him to come in and, and, and change how I think. Now, the Holy Spirit's the only one who can do that. You can't do that by reading books. You can't read, do that by self, um, self-motivation. You can't do that by self-help. You can't do that by willpower. Power. It's only by God coming in and starting to reconnect how your mind works, Re- reprogram, if you will, in that sense. In other words, you, you, you stop asking, what do I think? You stop asking, what do other people think? You stop asking what th- this person's opinions or what other people are doing. We stop asking that question. That's fundamentally what he's talking about here, about not conforming any longer to the thinking of the world. And so what's it look like to think differently as God thinks? Well, we start asking these questions. What does God think about this? What does the Bible tell me? How is the Holy Spirit leading me? You see the fundamental difference? This is, it's, it's in some ways cut, clear cut, you know. Instead of saying, well, what do I think? Or what do other well-meaning people think? Or what does the world systems kind of think? You start asking, well, what's God say about this? Have I consulted God about my money? Have I consulted God about my future? Have I consulted God about this decision? Do I feel any promptings of the Holy Spirit to say, wait, just hold up, don't, don't proceed yet, or you need to do this? You know, I remember when I left um, and felt God calling me out of teaching. I loved teaching. I taught for almost a decade as a high school science teacher. I had worked uh, on graduate level degrees to be a college professor in education department. And as about less than a year after finishing graduate studies and again, pursuing, getting close to pursuing what I was my dream, God started a process of me of, of calling into full-time ministry. And I remember as I went through, I'm not going to go through all the details of the process now, but the long story short is I knew at one point, at some point, it became crystal clear that God was saying I needed to pursue ministry and step out of education. And frankly, a lot of people around me, those who I worked with, those who, those who I worked for even, they were like, I, I, why? Like, you're effective in the classroom. This is, you love it. Why would you leave something that for every day of the years you taught, you looked forward to coming? 
And they didn't get it. You know, they, they just, they weren't telling me no. They weren't like being mean or anything, but they were just like, why? This doesn't, you'll be, I remember one person said, you'll be back in the classroom, I'm sure, at some point. I'm like, I don't know. All I know is that I know that God answered prayer. I'd been praying and I'd been studying God's word and just trying to let him speak to me. He revealed over a process, over a period of time, that I was to make this change. See, that's how it starts working as we consecrate, as we fully surrender, as we give over, then he starts to transform us. We start to think more and, th- and our thinking lines more, or we're always thinking about, what's God have to say about this? Have I consulted God on this? Have I talked to him about it? Do I feel any nudges from his presence and power within me, the Holy Spirit that is, versus what someone else is telling me or what I think I should do, right? You see the fundamental difference going on here? Because in my case, I had to decide who was going to be in charge of my life. Did he have the whole pie? Because honestly, I'll be honest, it didn't really make any sense. I was affected what I was doing. I always liked my job. I had finished degrees to continue in that realm. But I had a, in, that, in that season was another test, if you will, Another time where I had to decide, does he have the whole pie? Or is it just lip service, right? Because that's when the rubber meets the road. And look what happens when we do that, when we totally give over, and when we allow him to start transforming how we think. He says, then, and only then, will you be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, when you and I get out of the way and we start giving God the control of our life, is when he's going to reveal, it's when transformation truly happens, it's when we start desiring and he starts revealing to us and what his will is, what he wants us to do. See, I think our greatest fear when it comes to all this, at least mine is, and I'm guessing yours might be too, our greatest fear is, what am I going to give up? If I really do this, Mark, if I really give up my whole life over to him, and I say, God, you have control of my life. I'm no longer going to grab the wheel. I'm no longer going to try to take the reins in. You have it. The whole pie is yours, God. I think all of us think, man, what, what's going to happen? Fear sets in. You know, what, what are we afraid of, right? We're afraid of giving up control. Are we afraid that he's going like, to make us into a priest or into a nun? <laughs> you know, send us to some country that's like... Off the, you know, off the side of the ocean or something. I mean, that's where our minds go, right? But the question is, what, then why would, anyone, why would anyone in their right mind, why, why would any of us risk and set aside our own agenda, risk our comfort levels? Why would we set aside our own ambitions, our own dreams, and all those kind of things and give ourselves completely to God? And here's the answer. Because God made you. And he knows you better than you know yourself. And he wants good things in your life, in your life to have a meaning and a purpose far beyond what you could ever dream, even on your best day. But the reality is he can't use us when we're hanging on to control. We're not of any use to his kingdom. We're not any use to, to really discover his will and to really live out our purpose when we're hanging on to the controllers, when we're not letting go. Notice what it says in Proverbs 3, 6. He says, in everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with what? Success. Do you want success? The Bible tells you. 
How do you become successful? You put God first. Not the world's definition of success, God's. And his is the only one that really matters anyhow. You put God first. It said at the beginning of chapter 12 and verse 1, it said, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies. What are God's mercies? God's mercies, God's mercies are motivated by his outrageous love for you. That's what his mercies are. Because of his outrage, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's outrageous love for you, offer your bodies. There's a story in the book called the, the book entitled The Whisper Test. And the author tells how she grew, grew up knowing that she was different and she hated it. She was born with cleft palate. And so as a result, her upper lip was misshapen, her nose was misshapen, um, her speech was, had, she had speech impediments, and she just knew that she was different. And so when friends would ask her how that happened, she would tell them that she fell and, and, and hit her face on a piece of glass and it, and it messed up her face. But she came, became convinced that no one, no one outside her family would ever love her. No one would ever accept her because of what she looked like. And in second grade, she had this teacher by the name of Mrs. Leonard. And every year, they would um, do this hearing test. And at the hearing test, the, the student would sit down, and then the teacher would whisper something into their ear, and the student would have to say it. And they would say something like, you know, the sky is blue, or do you have new shoes? And so standing, she goes on to say, standing next to the door, covering one ear, she waited for something like that. The teacher was on one side. She's over by the door with her ear covered. And she says that then the teacher shared these words with her, these words that seven words that changed her life forever. Mrs. Leonard whispered in her ear, I wish you were my little girl. I wish you were my little girl. So you see, that's what God's mercies reveal. God whispers to us, I love you. I love you. You matter so much to me. You mean so much to me. I choose you. See, you and I are celebrating we're loved because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. That's how we know. That's how we know we're special. That's how we know that he wants something big for us because of something huge he did on behalf of us. In fact, when we get it, when it finally sinks in what, God, what Jesus Christ did on the cross, our only response is to want to follow what he wants to do, is to give him our entire life. It really is. When it all sinks in, when we finally have that moment, like, God, I don't want to hold anything back from you. Why would I want to hold anything back from one who gave everything for me in substitute of what I frankly deserved? And, and our response then becomes, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you did. I love you for what you did. Now I want to serve you. Tell me what you need me to do. What am I supposed to do? And so that's what I want to close with today is, have you fully surrendered your life to him? What are you holding on to? What has first place? Does he truly have first place in everything? Because he's either the Lord of all or he's the Lord of nothing. There's no middle ground when it comes to this. Are you listening today and you've just been floundering? You've been stuck? You, you know that you're not fulfilling your purpose in life? You, you've been trying to seek after God's will? Maybe for the first time today, the light bulb went on. You're like, that's right. It's not something elusive out there. It's me initiating the full surrender 
allow the full transformation. And when he's got all of you, then he starts working in your lives in incredible ways. If you if you're ready to make that decision today, would you let one of your hosts know if you're with us on Facebook? If you're watching us on YouTube, you can shoot me an email, mark.coulter at thevalley.church, or text me directly at 937-358-6565. You can even comment while you're watching. We'll get back to you. Are you ready to make that decision today? To give them everything? You will never regret it. And you don't have to worry that he's going to mess your life up. In fact, that's when you're going to get the fullness of life that you've always wanted. Would you pray with me? Father, as we come before you today, I pray that as we, we in the totality look at this entire series about working in the mind and discovering the healing that you want from anxiety and, the, and how we talked a couple of weeks ago about that we first have to identify the change and then allow you to go in and make that change. And, and when we know who we are in you and that we fight from a place of victory, that we can get that healing. And as we close today and look at what's it look like to discover our purpose in life, well, it comes down to us surrendering so you can then transform our mind so then we can discover and test and approve your good, your pleasing and your perfect will. And so God, I pray that today is a day that decisions were made that surrender happened so that we can fully live in your power and your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things The Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend because changed lives, changed lives.